Christchurch, New Malden, Sunday the 22nd of May, 2022, 9.30 service. Tim Davis speaking in the series, The Fruit of the Spirit, Patience. It would have been good if David had perhaps written in the psalm just, you know, how long he had to wait patiently for the Lord. Now, what is an acceptable length of time uh, that you have to wait for God to like, respond to your cry for help? Is there a limit on how patient we're expected to be? I don't know. Um, patience is an interesting, do we call them segment uh, of the fruit of the Spirit? Um, and I think it's possibly you know, one of the most challenging to employ in our lives on a day-to-day basis. Uh, I try to think of some things in our lives that you know, really test our patience um, you know, from my own experience. Getting stuck in traffic jams, delayed train journeys, being on hold to a call centre with horrendous music for an hour, and the queues when you now arrive at Border Control at an airport in the UK. Part of the problem with you know, being patient is that, if we're honest, we'd much rather be doing something else, something more worthwhile or productive than the thing we're having to endure and be patient with. Um, but, you know, that's, that's more of an inconvenience it happens. We get grumpy for a bit. We move on. Sometimes it can be really challenging, having to wait for things. You know, needing to be patient can really test us. Uh, as Stephen mentioned, um, many of you be aware that Jane and I um, have been desperately trying to move. Having had an offer accepted on our house last March, um, we hoped we'd have been you know, moved in before our daughter was born. Uh, and then we were thinking, all right, maybe Christmas, maybe Easter. But little did we know we'd have to wait exactly 14 months to the day for us to move in, which we did on Friday. Uh, and Jane is very keen. I just take this opportunity to thank you, all of you who've been praying and supporting us, because it has been quite an endurance. You know, if you ask Jane Wright, if we'd waited patiently for things to progress, we'd say absolutely not. <laughs> we, you know, there were many occasions when we just didn't know if we'd ever move, when it seemed more likely the whole thing was going to fall apart, and you know, it definitely took its toll on us at times over the last 14 months. <laughs> but in the grand scheme of things, surely, you know, waiting, inconvenience, disappointment, these are just the fact of life at times, aren't they? We don't get to have everything going our way exactly how and when we want it, do we? And so do we really need God's Holy Spirit to endure the annoying delays and inconveniences of life? Uh, we hear in um, one of those most famous passages from uh, 1 Corinthians 13, it says, love is patient. Love is patient. But this powerful gift from God, love, its nature, its purpose, doesn't really seem to be just to save us all from the inconvenience of waiting at passport control for an hour, really, does it? Now, patience, the word patience, um, it isn't actually the word used in the NIV UK translation of Galatians chapter 5, uh, which is where we get this list of the fruit of the Spirit. And it uses the word forbearance. Um, and in other translations, the King James Version, it uses the word long-suffering. That kind of gives us an indication of what we understand by this type of patience. You know, when we think of patience, we think of those examples I listed. 
Patience is generally associated with enduring and waiting. But Galatians 5, verse 22, and 1 Corinthians 13, when we get this use of the word patience, it's not referring to endurance and waiting at all. It's not about the kind of waiting in traffic, the patience of waiting in traffic, the patience of waiting for a phone to be answered, the patience of being stuck on a cold, crowded train platform waiting for a delayed train which you know is going to be full and be nowhere to sit. It's not that kind of patience. The Greek New Testament uh, has a word for that kind of patience. Uh, it's this word. I'm going to test your patience today with some Greek, aren't I? Uh, it's this word, hupomene. This means waiting, endurance. Uh, and that word um, is used uh, 32 times in the New Testament. But the word for patience, that's used in Galatians 5.22 and 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4, is of a different kind. It's the Greek word, um, makrothumia, which means long-suffering, really. It's a, it combines two word concepts, great distance or long or something lengthy, and a passionate fierceness or temper. In short, as the King James Version has, long-suffering. It describes the patience of someone who has to endure self-control, restraint, tolerance under great persecution or suffering. The psalm we have read uh, certainly suggests that David, who wrote it, was suffering. He felt as if he was trapped in a slimy pit with no way out. That kind of overwhelming sense of, oh, I don't know what to do. He was being persecuted by his enemies. He was forced to flee from the safety and sanctuary of his royal home. And then this psalm, he goes through this process of acknowledging that God is there. God is never absent from him. That doesn't mean that life is always going to be smooth and easy. Sometimes when things go wrong, we say to God, we cry out and say, help me. We might even say like the patient's prayer. We go, um, dear God, I'm in a rubbish situation and I just really need your patience to get me through this. So please give me your patience and give it to me now. But we might also ask God, what did I do to deserve this? We might question our previous actions and wonder, you know, have we done something to hurt and offend God? And so we're being punished and we actually deserve this suffering. And it's something David certainly picks up in his psalm. He questions, wondering whether he's to blame for the situation he's in. He knows he's a sinful person. But he thinks, I've not done anything wrong to deserve this, surely. So why does he feel so abandoned, so helpless? No matter how faithful David was and how much he had previously waited patiently for the Lord, he still feels slightly aggrieved in need of some divine retribution on his enemies. But God doesn't just call us to show patience to other people around us, but also to be patient in the situations we find ourselves in, in life. In the Bible, this is you know, often referred to as waiting on the Lord, placing ourselves into the hands of God's sovereignty and waiting for him to bring about his purpose. That's what patience really is. In real life, this trusting our father business is more than just about giving the narrative and schedule of our daily lives over to God. It's not us saying, 
yeah, I know you're going to give me that longed-for boyfriend or girlfriend or dream job or ideal house. Just uh, help me to be patient until the time is right and you deliver it to me. Yeah. It's not about dictating to God the, well, the, um, the what's of our timetable and leaving the when's blank for him to fill in. But it's about trusting him with the methods as well as the timings. And it also means being prepared to endure suffering in the midst of these times. Yet there are people for whom ongoing suffering at the moment feels like a way of life. People living with long COVID. People have been trapped underground for months in the war in Ukraine, sheltering from the war that rages around them and above them. How do we even begin to see patience as a spiritual gift from God? Something to be a blessing rather than just a way of enduring suffering. Well, if there's one person in the Bible who I think we could surely turn to for an understanding of patience, uh, it's got to be Job. Now, Job was a good and prosperous family man who was suddenly beset with horrendous disasters that take away all he holds dear. A scenario that was intended to test Job's faith in God. And struggling mightily to understand his situation, Job reflects on his despair, but he constantly, consistently, we're told, remains devout. And we're traditionally told that he refuses to curse God and claim injustice and accept his current lot in life. The problem is, I don't think it's actually quite as stoic as we're often told. You know, we hear the phrase, the patience of Job. And yet, I think Job was actually anything but accepting of his current situation. His friends came to offer him counsel and support. And after listening to him, Job finally speaks. And the first words that he says are this. Well, some of them. May the day of my birth perish. May gloom and utter darkness claim it once more. May those who curse days curse that day. I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, but only turmoil. Hardly the ramblings of a man who's accepting his fate. He wishes he'd never been born. But can, you know, he can trust in God, surely, right? He can sort of, he just knows he has to wait patiently for God to act and all shall be well. Not quite. I say to God, do not declare me guilty, but tell me what charges you have against me. Does it please you to oppress me, to spurn the work of your hands while you smile on the plans of the wicked? Do you have eyes of flesh? Do you see as a mortal sees? Are your days like those of a mortal or your years like those of a strong man? That you must search out my faults and probe after my sin, though you know that I am not guilty and that no one can rescue me from your hand? Your hand shaped me and made me. Will you now turn and destroy me? He's not a happy boy, is he? It's almost as if he's saying, God, what are you doing? Have you really nothing better to do than to torment me? Well, we can't really get much help from Job, can we? But, you know, when things go wrong, go badly wrong, as Job experienced, do you sit and wait patiently for them to be over, no matter how long it takes? Ultimately, that is what Job had to do. But do you instead call out to God at the earliest opportunity, complaining, 
demanding to know why he's letting whatever trouble in your life is happening. Does patience really help then? Is it better? Isn't it better? Doesn't it just feel better to have a good old, self-righteous, self-centered moan? Now, what is so special about patience? The Old Testament is this continuous tale of God's patience with his people. When time and time again they wander away from him, he loves them, he forgives them, and he bears with them, even though soon enough they will still turn and abandon him, turning to false gods and idols, forgetting all that God had done for them in their lives. You have to wonder, couldn't God have just rained down some fiery justice on them? You know, when time and time again they sort of just decide to do what they like and reject him, why not just do away with these people? Start again. Get a more grateful people to be God for. Perhaps. But God's way was and is different. God's long-suffering, his patience, emerges from love. God's freedom to love freely is God's prerogative to exhibit what to us looks like patience. But as a matter of God's character, is at the core all about love. Love that restores, love that saves, love that reconciles, love that transforms. God is patient and his spirit produces the fruit of patience in us. When we are patient, we leave room for God to work in our lives and in our hearts and in our relationships. We lay down our own plans and trust in God's. We thank the Lord for what and whom he's brought into our lives. We let God be God in our lives. In Psalm 40, David says, God has put a new song in my mouth. Each time, you know, we get delivered, we feel like we're delivered from the latest crisis of our life. It's a new start, isn't it? We've learned something of God and of our relationship with him. But it is a recurring pattern, isn't it? The next problem comes. And the next. But patience enables us to focus on God instead of living lives independent of him. So we know we can turn to him. Developing the fruit of patience in our lives is something that is done throughout our lives. Now as infants, we have to learn patience. We want to run before we can crawl. We want to walk before we've even kind of learned how to use our legs. We see things around, I'm observing that in my daughter. She just wants to grab and do everything. And when we get older in life, we need to have a different type of patience because things take slightly longer to do than they did before. My favorite theologian, uh, Stanley Halvas, uses the illustration of baseball, of all things, uh, when he's talking about patience. But to be fair, if there's ever a game you needed patience to either watch or play, it is surely baseball. Uh, Halvas describes it as a slow game of failure. Uh, if you win almost half the time, then you're doing pretty well. No, not only that, but a game takes nine innings for every player to go around. 
And the seasons are very, very long. I don't know if you've ever been to a baseball game in the States. These things go on all night. During a game, it can often seem like very little is happening. If you ever sat and watched it on like ESPN or something on cable, you know, it's just like, no, find something else. I've just watched like, test card. It'd be more interesting. But of course, it only seems boring to those who don't know what baseball's about, who don't understand the game. To actually appreciate the game of baseball takes training and patience. You need to be trained in patience to be a baseball fan because that is the way you acquire the knowledge and the habits to enjoy the game and see how engaging it is to you. And if you're a baseball player, it takes patience to learn how to catch, how to throw, how to hit at the best of your ability. But when you can do all those things, it's probably really enjoyable, providing you like baseball. Patience, it's something that we need to keep practicing throughout our lives. Too often we can just have so little of it. We hurry, we rush, we get impatient, we get less forgiving of others. We arrogantly think that our way of doing things is surely the, re like surely the best way. Our vision for something is the right way, no one else's. And church life can become problematic like that. And it's particularly poignant with our APCM later today that we consider this. No, we can be too fixated on the changes that we think are the right ones that we desire to see happen. We can become frustrated by the people who make up the church. You might even get angry with other Christians. But you must also be patient. Which means you must be ready to forgive as to be forgiven. The community necessary to be church takes time. Time determined by the patience of its members. You may well be frustrated by the time it takes for people to be who God would have us be. But remember that God has given us all the time in the world so that we might be patient with one another. When we consider what patience calls us to do, and to be, I think it is actually very tough. When we endure, that word, endure suffering and persecution, we want to say, that's not fair. I deserve justice. I want my revenge. It's impossible for me to remain patient any longer. We become like Job, bemoaning our troubles, wondering what on earth God is up to. Ask us to be patient when Surely nothing could get any worse than it already is. And we're already at our lowest point and we're just stuck there. Ask us to remain patient then. Surely feels impossible. But that is why it is called the fruit of the Spirit. None of the fruit are things that we ourselves manufacture or strategize or plan for or muster up the strength enough to do. This is the work of God's Holy Spirit, of Christ in our lives. We don't control the Spirit, but we defer to the leading and prompting of it. The Spirit is the Spirit of God, whose character is shaping and forming our lives. So our lives exhibit the life of Christ in what we do and say. The fruit of patience forbearance, long-suffering, is connected to love, to joy, 
to peace, to kindness, to goodness, to gentleness, to faithfulness, and absolutely to self-control. It assumes that exacting some kind of revenge is not the default action of our lives when we're tested. That the law of retaliation gives way to the law of love. And ultimately, what is it that we are being patient for? Christ's coming and the kingdom of God being established here on earth. As the Bible says, no one knows the hour or the day, but we look forward to our eternal future with gladness in our hearts. And we wait well for the day when we will be truly satisfied. When others frustrate you and you feel the urge to snap, Take a moment to remember the immense patience in which God deals with us in our lives. If you want a reminder of, the, of his patient character, have a read through the book of Exodus. It is enough to bowl you over as you see the similarities between the Israelites and our own hearts and the frequent ways that God lovingly bears with them despite their constant failures. And when you're feeling like David, stuck in a slimy pit of despair, meditate on God's kingdom. In a world that tells us that all we need to be happy is surely just the latest edition of something, the most glamorous relationship, the shiniest career, the most Instagrammable lifestyle ever. Instead, let's engage with this world that we find ourselves in, but do so whilst patiently pursuing the true fulfilment of our longings, the day when we see our Saviour face to face.